Right. All right. We're online. We are. We're we're live. We're live. I we've never done a live podcast. How could you do a live podcast anyway? Uh by being shit. <laughs> Welcome. Yay! Hey, hello everyone. It's CD Podcast 19. Do you know what that reference was? No idea. You I'm assuming know? it's a song called 19. It is, yes. Um, oh my God, I can't remember the name of the guy who did it, which is completely... Uh, uh, it's a song that came out in the early 80s, and it was okay. based on the fact that the average age of American soldiers who were killed in Vietnam was 19. And um, mm. it took a sample from a news report with somebody saying that, and uh, it just kept going, no, 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 19. Um, should probably Google who his name was. David, someone I can't remember his name. That's it. Paul Hardcastle. Oh, okay. Yes, the song has a strong anti-war message. Focus. Evidently, yes. And uh, the sample narration is by Peter Thomas, who uh, an out of context interview dialogue. Yeah, that's about it. Very happy way to start the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> yes, it is James and Joel in this week's podcast. Um. As you've probably already heard by our voices, you must know us so well. Yes. Especially when we're whispering and talking beautifully into your ear. Think of us lying beside you on a bed of grass in a park with loads of other people in public. That's right. This We're in public. We're not being horrible. I mean, that wouldn't be horrible. Being Having a chuckle duster sandwich would be very pleasurable. Oh, a chuckwitch. Probably best not to groom our audience. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's let's not do that. Let's not do um, that. Right, so uh, the 19th... It, right, quite often we're stuck for things to talk about when we get to these higher numbers. Yes. And one of the ones that's always... There's always going to be something about it is the 19th element. You know, oh, with atomic number 19. Yes. Which in this case is potassium. Ah, well, uh, what an interesting element potassium is. Uh, potassium, what do you know about potassium? Potassium is your friend, James. Uh, for, for without potassium, you would come a real cropper, I can tell you. Aw, thanks, potassium. Thank You've you. You've made my day. So, yeah, uh, potassium is obviously, you know, it's, it's essential. It's very, very good. But it also can be very bad. Can it? Yeah, if you have too much potassium, you'll die. Well, I mean, imagine if you have too much of anything. I mean, water's good for you, but, you know, if you have too much water, then you get shrivelly fingers. True, true. But bananas contain a lot of potassium. Are you aware of that, yeah? I I don't eat bananas anymore. Okay, what, why is that? Is that because um, you're worried that it, the phallic shape makes you look like uh, your sexuality is in question? No, um, it's just a simple fact of maybe I'm getting a bit older. They back me up. Well, yep. thanks for that. Maybe it's the potassium. It Who knows? It might be the potassium. I don't know. I uh, I I used to love bananas. One of my favourite things was... A, I, I even put it on, I think, my top ten drinks um, ages ago. I was a banana smoothie with a dollop of peanut butter in it. Really Ooh. lovely. And, um, yeah, I just... I, um, not anymore. Not anymore. It's like, you know... It's like, f*** off, banana. It is like, f*** off, banana. It's like I've, it's like I've sat on a bollard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, moving swiftly on from that. No, basically uh this a lot of this comes from uh kind of urban legends, but they're not really where if you eat too many bananas, you get too much potassium and then you get basically you die. 
Right. No, I mean... And the number of bananas. Carl Pilkington in uh, one of their podcasts mentioned uh, that the number that he thought it was was seven. If you have seven bananas in a day... I mean, who's going to have seven bananas in a day anyway? But he suggested if you have seven bananas in a day, that's enough to cause health issues. Well... I've researched this. Yeah, go on. I'd like you to take a stab at it. Take a guess at how many bananas... Obviously, he's he's not exactly right. How many bananas can cause, you know, a pota- death? A potas- potassium death. Potassium overload. I would say you'd have to probably eat about 20 bananas to, to have potassium death. Bear in mind, bananas are quite high in potassium. Oh, the man. answer is 400 bananas. There you go, 400. So don't worry, folks. We're all going to be fine. Have as many bananas as you like, unless you hit 400 a day, in which case... There's something wrong with you anyway. There is a scene, a famous scene, in a brilliant film, Cool Hand Luke. I don't know if you've uh, ever seen Cool Hand Luke. Um, I have not seen it, but I know it. Well, if if you haven't, it's not really a spoiler so much, but there's a famous scene in which um, he uh, makes a claim to the fellow inmates of this prison that he can eat 50 eggs. And uh, they challenge him to eat 50 eggs. And they're all hard-boiled, and they—I don't know where these prisoners get fifty eggs from. Um, well, it's like a—it's like a sort of you know hard labour prison in the south, and sounds really hard. Yeah. Uh, anyway, they get these fifty eggs, and uh, sure enough, he—he uh, uh, he eats fifty eggs, and he's broken at the end of it. He is absolutely like, and it's like a real—it's a real struggle, and it's—it's it's amazing filmmaking, really. I mean, it's just a man eating eggs, but it's. The t- really? The ten- tension is ratcheted right up. I can't really imagine how that could have come about. Now I'm going to zip my fly, and you're going to swallow what I give you to swallow. Uh, i got 50 eggs in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I thought it was going to be your cock. Yeah. <laughs> See what you do. You've, uh, you've done uh, Shawshank, Shawshank and yeah. Cool Hand Luke. Um, Without having seen Cool Hand Luke, I no, no. You see, no. You see, the thing, this prison, there doesn't seem to be any um, form of um, well aggressive. I don't even want to say that horrible word, but you know, there's there's none of that going on. But um, no, it's just a, a a good innocent egg egg eating challenge. Well, no, no, I don't want to spoil the end. Really, he might do it. He might not. Ooh, now I've got to see it. Yes, <laughs> but that would probably kill you. But anyway, carry on. Right, talking about eating. Right now, potassium. A uh, it's a very interesting thing. Right, a small amount of potassium. Okay, it tastes sweet. Yeah. Right? Higher concentrations, they become kind of bitter. Yes. Right? An alkaline. You know how it's like an alkaline metal. Right. Yeah, I knew that, yeah. And then, of course. And then finally, when you have even more, it becomes like salt. So I've prepared you a little sample. Here is a tiny amount of potassium. Okay. Okay, so you pop that on your mouth. Uh. Mm-hmm. Uh. Kind of sweet, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's, it's sweet. It's sweet, yeah. Mm. I, I think it's all right. Yeah, I, I would put that in my tea. I'd put that, yeah, fine. That's quite, yes, quite, okay. a, quite a nice alternative, yeah. Now, here's, here's a slightly bigger amount of it. I'd call that a moderate amount, so right. just pop that in. Yeah. Mm, just swish that around a bit. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's like, mm, it's a bit more kind of bitterish. Yeah, I'm not, I don't really like it. No, uh, that's okay, that's okay. Yeah, not okay. my thing. No, that's fine. Now... Put that chunk in your mouth. Go on. Where did you even and just get this? Don't ask. Okay. okay don't ask. Okay. Oh. Oh. 
That is salty as ejaculate. Oh, like drinking the sea. Oh, yeah. After, uh, after you've had a uh, in it. You might be interested to know there is... <laughs> you might be interested to know uh, that's about the same amount of potassium as in 400 bananas. Right, anyway, yeah. moving on. <laughs> <coughs> Incidentally, if you do have a kidney disease... Then it's uh, it's like it's a lot less than four hundred bananas because you can't get rid of the potassium. Anyway, uh, I just been to the hospital this morning, and, mm-hmm. and they said, I mean, I should have probably led with that, yeah, yeah, because they did say, don't. The reason the bananas are backing you up is because you've got a bad kidney disease and you shouldn't have potassium. Don't eat a chunk of potassium that looks like a Cadbury's cream egg. Yeah, they said if you get a Cadbury's cream egg lump of potassium handed to you, uh, which I thought was odd because I thought, how you know, <laughs> how is that often going to happen? And then he said, don't, what you mustn't do is eat it. And what I've just Oh, eaten, you've just eaten it. I've just eaten it. So he said... That was... that. Um, I think what we've done is we've now... Uh, kick-started a, um, a ticking time bomb style um, death march. Well, as long as you get to the end of this podcast, I think, I'm okay with that. I think I've got a couple of hours, yeah. Okay, well, that's fine. It's that's fine. fine. Yeah. So, potassium, do you know the chemical symbol for it? Nine. K. It is K. It's K, isn't it? It is K. You're, no, you're right. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. I remember that. Um, because most people are like, oh, it's going to be P. Yeah. Of course. Of course that's phosphorus. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> yeah. Even my But the reason why that. it's K, I think, is quite interesting. It could have happened anyway. Okay. Like, uh, <clears throat> uh, we've just discovered uh, this new material. Um, we're going to call it potassium. Oh, well done, Godfrey. I'm very happy for you. Thank you very much. Uh, there's just one issue. Uh, what do we call the chemical symbol for it? Well, I think uh, we should probably go for P for potassium. No, no, no. There's phosphorus. There's already phosphorus is P. Idiot. Idiot. Oh, ow. oh I'm so sorry. I forgot about phosphorus. I, uh, Why did I pick you as my assistant? I just... don't know. I told you I'm a hairdresser. I, I have know nothing about chemistry. Well, now you know. Now I, well, I'll. I'll now, I'll don't ever it. forget phosphorus. Okay, I won't ever forget. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. I will Kay. never forget phosphorus. Okay. I will never forget it. Hang on. Wait. Wait a second. I like. I like the sound of that. Say, say it again. I will never forget phosphorus. There was something else you said after that. Was there? Oh. You said K. 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 Let's use K. K. I will never forget phosphorus. K. Okay. K. K. I. O. K. It must have been like that. Probably something like that. I don't know. Oh, well, it depends. If you get hairdressers to be your assistant, I think you deserve everything you get. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> the real reason. Are you ready to hear it? Uh, because of the Latin? The Greek. The Greek for potassium. It is ne- Neo-Latin for something, yes. Neo-Latin? Yeah, that just means it's not like classical Latin because they didn't really have potassium around. Oh, of course. Right. Okay, then. Uh, it is... But I've subtly mentioned it at some point in the podcast. The, the link. It comes from Kalium. Kalium? Did you subtly mention that? Well, in a, in a, in a way, 
where Kalium comes from. Oh, uh, that's the thing that kills Superman, isn't it? What? That's Kryptonite. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, right, no. Uh, Kalium. Where Kalium comes Just think of the word. From... Kalium. Kalium comes from kale, the uh, plant kale, the, the, which is posh cabbage, isn't it? I really wish that was the answer. Okay, Kalium comes... Okay, you're going you're gonna to have to have a bit of a stretch here when you think about it. Ooh, okay. Uh, what, what type of metal is it? It's an alkaline metal. Alkali. Al- alkali. Metal. So alkali yes. spawned the word kalium because it's an alkali metal. Oh. And that's why it's K. Oh, well, I tell you what, this is a weight off my mind because I have been now oh. struggling with this for a long time, James. I know. When you're in school and you're like, why K? Now you know. Yes. Um, I'm... I actually used to sit next to a girl called K. And uh, she um, used to do very strange things. I would often shout YK at her. And uh, my chemistry teacher just thought I was grappling with the periodic table. He had no idea. I just wanted her to stop eating her bogeys. Oh, that's quite lovely. That's actually quite helpful of you, if anything. Yeah, yeah. I was I was trying to set her on the right path. The mm. path to a, a, a bogey-free diet. And uh, my chemistry teacher just thought I was, um, you know, a good student. A dick. Oh, no, yeah, I did good student. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I had a dick. So, well, um, have you heard of the Bible Code? Oh, f***ing hell. I knew you were going to love this. Yeah, this is right up my alley. Um, I have, and um, I don't know. I, yes, I have. This is the Bible Code, is where people uh, take all the writing of the Bible and they... Um, assemble the text in a grid formation so that um, the uh, it doesn't read all. Yeah, there are no gaps, there's no punctuation, and you just get all the letters in like a word search, really. And um, oh, I bet I could find Jesus. Uh, well, yeah, yes, you can. But and uh, it's amazing. Obviously, you know, you can find all the words that are linked from left to right, but then they also find words going up and down. Um, and then they take small blocks and they find whole sentences and they say, look at all these Hang hidden on. messages. You can find almost anything in, you know, the Bible is a, oh, how many bloody words or letters are there in the Bible? Thousands? Let's millions. remember translated from the original language yes. and rephrased and changed over time anyway. Yes. And I mean, how many different versions are there? There's about 25 different versions just in English alone, aren't there? Yeah. So the fact that there could possibly be a Bible code in there is utterly ridiculous. Well, some, someone to debunk it did the same thing with Moby Dick. <laughs> like they, <laughs> I'm going to get another big book and see what um, yeah. uh, Herman Melville was secretly hiding from us. Uh, oh, there's a pornographic film in this. Yes. Um, so many mem- mentions of Dick. Well, was it a sperm whale? <laughs> hey. hey. I like the fact that when we talk about Moby Dick, we don't have to censor Dick. No, we don't. But if I talk about your dick, I probably do have to censor dick. Absolutely. I was on the beach the other day and there was a beached whale and it had died. And so they had to get um, rid of this whale the only way possible by exploding uh, the whale. They put loads of dynamite in the whale. I was literally covered in sperm. Just be glad that a certain other part of it didn't land on you. Because if you'd nicknamed it dick as a name, yeah, then you could have been hit by dick's dick. I could have I could have been hit by Dick's d- 
Um, and actually, the genitals of the sperm whale were ruptured immediately and the genitals of the sperm whale were full of the sperm whale's sperm. So I was covered in the sperm whale's sperm. In dick's In dick's yeah. (laughs) Anyway, this this Bible code stuff, right? Yeah. Do you have any idea where I might be going with that to do with 19? Okay, chapter 19, verse 19, I don't know. Yeah. I see where I see that's a good thought, but actually it's because there is an equivalent Bible code version thing, which they call the Quran code. Basically, the idea is that uh, they say that nineteen, the number nineteen, is present an unusual number of times. Like, for example, there are nineteen angels guarding hell, or angels there are guarding nine- hell. Yeah, this is part of the Quran. I, yeah. I. I'm assuming that uh, you might not have read that section. No. Uh, or the fact that there are 19 verses and 19 surah, which are basically chapters, uh-huh. um, announcing Jesus's birth. Right. So 19 is significant. It just appears a lot more than it should is apparently. And obviously, I reckon this is probably similar to the Bible code in that people are searching. But it is the fact that you know what the Bible code is suggests that quite a lot of people would know what the Quran code is. Right. I see what you mean. So, um. That's basically what the Quran code is. Right, excellent, right. There are evidently code conspiracies in pretty much any anything, I think. Oh, God, what's the other one? Chemtrails. Uh, you know about chemtrails? Oh, no, yeah. The um, people look above. So when a plane flies at high velocity through uh, the sky, uh, and I'm going to give the most layman's description of this, uh, much of the... You mean this isn't one hundred percent scientifically accurate? Um, well, well, no. What I'm gonna I'm gonna sort of try and explain the actual science with my, with my bad science mouth um, is that the, the moisture uh, is compressed at the back of uh, over the wing at the back of the wing, leaving basically making an artificial cloud, um, which is you know moisture that is already present in the air is compressed into cloud form behind the plane. Would you say that is a Pretty bad description. I would or say um, you're, you're missing a quite an important part of science, which is um, that actually it's chemtrails. They're all chemtrails. They're going to bomb us all. They're trying to kill us. But they're sterilizing us with their chemicals going over us right now. Oh my god! I had missed that bit out. Of course, that's that's the bit that I was missing. That's the science. Oh no! Wait, no. That's that's the bullshit. That's the bullshit, isn't it? That's the sorry. I mixed it up. Yes. Yeah. This is where guy got, got taken away with the conspiracy. This is where they say, I think there are lots of different reasons that there's mind control or sterilisation or... Oh, thank, thank goodness I can now explain all my bad behaviour on chemtrails. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Um, <clears throat> or, yeah, I don't know what, I don't know what these, but they, people look at all these crisscrosses and say, look, there's chemicals up there, why is everybody not doing anything about... And uh, as with all conspiracy theories, you th- a lot of who you think are rational, clever people, people you think you should know better sort of fall for this i don't understand i uh i dated somebody once that's not the end of the that's story that's the conspiracy that you've been trying yeah. you never I di- one once upon a time i i dated somebody who genuinely believed that aliens built the pyramids well <laughs> <laughs> like i genuinely believed it 
I think probably why I'm not a conspiracy theorist now and why I sort of get a bit cross with it is because I, when I was a bit younger, absolutely, I was I was all for, um, <clears throat> you know, uh, I thought, I, my personal one was that the uh, the mafia killed JFK um, okay. uh, rather than the CIA. That was my one. Uh, with potassium poisoning? Or? They gave him uh, loads of bananas, in fact, so many bananas that, um, in fact, he wasn't even shot. It was just... Um, it, <laughs> Just, that's the cover-up yeah the, basically if you eat you only have to eat 20 bananas and then your head falls off um that was whoa yeah that's uh that's the conspiracy but uh, you know the mafia that's how they got rid of all of their uh opponents in their gambling deals and their you know you know uh, bootlegging operations they're just like force you know put your head in a vice and shove a banana up your bum well that, that explains a lot well, it certainly does I can see the appeal of like uh, of believing a conspiracy theory, the whole idea that you might know something that most people don't and that you're the only one to see the truth. <sighs> that's it, isn't it? I mean, that's the thing, you know. It's people... And that's the basis of a lot of things in this life. Yeah, people like to be told that they are, like to think that they are special and like to be told that they know something. Well, I'm just going to repeat what you said, but um, this is what I've been re- uh, listening to some lectures about the British Empire recently and uh, when uh, the Irish troubles began at the beginning of the century I think it was Lord Balfour who was also massively involved in uh, Israel-Palestine partition as well so he really liked to uh, stir things up a bit Um, he went and told the people of Ulster the six Ulster counties that if um, Ireland was to have home rule, because originally, you know, the Irish didn't want to be independent. The Irish just wanted their own parliament, like Canada or Australia. You know, they wanted to sort of remain okay. uh, part of the British Empire, but with, with home rule. But there was, um, it was seen as too close to home that they, you know, that's why they couldn't have it. So um, the <coughs> Lord Balfour and this, all these other generals went up and they said to the Ulster people, you are the most industrious part of this island and you will be paying for the people in the south if you like that and and then whipped up all this frenzy and so they all the people in Ulster like imported about 20,000 rifles and uh and uh launched the the UVF and you know it's just all this sort of yeah you just it's very easy to tell to whip whip up trouble you just have to go and tell people that you are special and uh they'll believe anything but the pyramids built by aliens well, I mean, the aliens were special. I mean, that's the thing. Yeah, uh, you've got to be fairly special if you can travel uh, a four gajillion miles across the multiverse. Maybe she'd just been watching too much Stargate. So the 19th hole on a golf course. Is the pub. What is that? It's the pub. Yeah, it's the pub afterwards. It's... I read this and I was like, oh, that's a really kind of sweet thing. <laughs> like that people refer to, the, you know, the, the clubhouse bar as... As the nineteenth hole, I, I like it. I wanted. I've. I've I don't really play golf. The last time, I, uh, a friend of mine, um, his, uh, um, he had a, a a child, and so we all went to play golf um, in celebration, which seemed like As a, you do. a very dad thing to do. Um, and uh, we did that, and I'm crap at it. I, you know, I can keep my attention for about three three holes, and then I just and it went on for four and a half hours. This game. Whoa! And I was—I I, I can imagine it being fun if you if you get to bring along a crate of beer. Yeah, well, I did that in Australia. I did play golf in Australia on a, a you know very rough and ready course. And every time I lost the ball in the rough, I went, "I ain't getting that" because they're like taipan snakes in there, which uh, it was in the heart of Queensland. 
And uh, the Taipan snake is one of the deadliest snakes in the world, not because it's got the most venomous venom, but it has the highest yield of any venomous snake, and it chomps. And they're really angry because they keep getting golf balls hit. Yeah, exactly. If you imagine, they're being rained down on by these... um, uh, well, he's in inedible eggs. <laughs> you know, you got yeah. this this Taipan version of Cool Hand Luke saying, "I can eat fifty eggs." It's like full <laughs> full of golf balls. He's been humiliated. He wants to chomp down on the ankles of some poor hapless ah, flesh Englander who happens to be foolishly hitting hitting golf balls with sticks into the rough. Um, that was a massive tangent I went off on there. I don't even know where that conversation. But nineteenth hole, that's I liked right, it yes. though. But so was the your favourite hole the nineteenth then? Yeah, but even even by that time, four and a half hours later, I'd lost the will to live, let alone have mm. a... And by the time I'd gotten there, I only had Stella. I don't like Stella. I don't drink Stella. Stella. I'm an ale man. I drink ale. Nice. Yes. So actually, that reminds me of um, talking about, yeah, alcohol and sweetness, kind of like, oh, I, I think this is a, a sweet thing as well, like like the 19th hole. Uh-huh. Um, I, was, uh, I was up in Edinburgh going on a, a whiskey tour, which, of course, was basically an excuse just to drink a load of whiskey. Yeah. Um, and obviously, the longer it's in its barrels, the more of it kind of permeates through and basically evaporates. And they uh-huh. call that the, the angel share. share. Yes. yes, that's lovely. Yeah, I really like it. Because I, you know, you know how I know that? Because you're an alcoholic. No, because there is a film called The Angel's Share. Is there? Which I haven't seen, but I have seen the trailer for it, so I've basically seen it. What happens in the trailer? Because uh, if it's if it's like a, an international trailer, it'll probably tell you the whole the whole story. Um, all I remember is to some Scottish guy. It's a Ken Loach film. The Scottish guy is saying uh, they call that the Angel's Share. Nice. That bit stuck with me because it is pretty lovely, isn't it? We have a couple of questions from uh, our lovely viewers. By the way, if you do want to give a question or suggest a conversation topic for us, please just tweet at us. Use the uh, use the hashtag CD podcast and we'll add it to our list. So Amelia says, can you do some of the podcast in a 1940s radio show style? So we're going to answer the next question. OK. In a 1940s radio show style. OK, that's great. And the question, Ramona. OK. Ramona got in a squabble with a British friend over the proper way to make tea. What is the correct way? And immediately when this came in, Lauren sent me a message saying that um, I had to make sure that everyone knew that she her way is that she puts the milk in first, dips the bag in briefly, microwaves the milk, dips it again and then adds sugar. And that's what she does. (laughs) She does what? That nah, she doesn't really. Uh, she just said that she would unfriend me if I said uh, that you put the milk in first. Oh, right. <laughs> but <laughs> I just wanted to wind her up. Okay, I was about to get a taxi to Lauren's house, <laughs> knock on the door, slap her, and then leave, if that was the truth. I'm not really going to do that, Lauren, because James was lying. But um, if that was the way you make tea, I would. Uh, no. Oh, so I- She might. I don't know how she does make tea. James, there is only one way to make a proper British cup of tea. Well, I'm glad you brought that thing up, Joel, because many, many cups of tea are consumed by the British public every hour. Absolutely. Ever since we invaded India, we have had lots of tea coming into this country. In fact, tea used to come from China, but we ruined their economy by taking the leaf and putting it in India instead. That's how you make a cup of tea. That's right, by ruining the rest of the world. But... But to drink it is another matter. 
Now we have modern technology. Tea doesn't just come from in massive crates and chopped up into tiny little leaves anymore. No, we can put it in tiny little bags. They are called tea bags. Delicious tea bags full of fun. Sometimes they come in tea pyramids. Tea pyramids made by aliens. Now, what you have to do is place one of these alien-built tea pyramids into the cup. There, just leave it there in the cup. Don't do anything. Put it in the cup. Try to use a solid material for your cup rather than paper. Absolutely. Although, I have heard that most clever chaps in Japan are busy working on a paper cup. I don't think it'll catch on. But even if it doesn't, we'll still have tea. So you put your tea bag into the cup. Meanwhile, at the same time, you must be multitasking and boiling some water. Now, when you boil water, it's very important to use a kettle. If you stand over your water and simply go... <sighs> it won't boil very fast. Absolutely not. Heat up the water in the kettle until it reaches the exact temperature of 100 degrees centigrade. Most modern kettles will automatically switch themselves off. If not, by the time you're burnt, it's too late. Absolutely. Sometimes, just to check the water is boiling, I like to put my hand over the spout. Sometimes, I'll immerse my full face in it, and that's a proper way of making sure your skin stays fresh and clean every day. Yes, or sometimes you pour the water onto a loved one. If they scream, you know your tea is going to be delicious. Also, a very good way of disciplining children. Absolutely, or animals. Now, once you have your boiled water, you may pour this water into the cup. Remembering, of course, that your cup already contains a tea bag. Pour it in the same cup that you used a tea bag in earlier. But the most important, and if you do not get this bit correct, then you are no longer considered British by the Empire, by Winston Churchill and Her Majesty the Queen. You are thrown out of the British Empire altogether. This is the most important thing. The water must be poured onto the tea bag whilst it is actually boiling. We had to leave that dramatic pause there to ensure that no one could be under any illusions. Do not boil your kettle, leave the room, have a topless hand shandy in the bedroom whilst watching pornographic material on the internet. I love shins. I love shins and ankles. Woohoo! You must pour it on while it is boiling. If you are in America and you go to a cafe and ask for a cup of tea, what they like to do is bring you a cup of boiled water and put the tea bag next to the f***ing cup! Welcome back. Welcome back. Sorry, I've just been uh, taking my medication and I am back to normal. Thank you, James. Have you done it yet? Have you done it? Have you poured the water, boiling of course, into the cup? Into the cup with the tea bag in it, yes. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to let that stew, but I'm not going to stir it. I'm just going to let that stew by itself. For if you stir the tea bag, you will release too many tannins into the water, thereby embittering your cup of tea. Leave the bag alone, is basically what we're saying. After a few minutes, obviously to taste, you may remove the bag. Dip it once or twice more to ensure that the maximum amount of the tea is strained. Yes, then, and only then, may you add milk. I think it's sometimes better, if you are a sugar person, to add sugar before the milk, so that that will dissolve more betterly. It is indeed a very jolly good show if you like to add sugar beforehand, since the warmth of the water will not be reduced by the milk. Absolutely. If, of course, you infused your water with 
milk before you put in the tea bag, it would have less temperature, much like in the United States of America. There is only one time where you may add milk to the cup before you add the tea. Do you understand what circumstances that may have arisen that would allow you to do this? Tell us. If you brew your tea in a teapot, then and only then may you add milk into the cup before you add the tea. Simply because the bag will have already infused the water with its delicious goodness. Absolutely. However, as has already been mentioned, if you add the milk into the cup, please, please come. I can't. I, I have to tell them. If it's at stake, anyone, I blew someone who added milk to the cup before. It wasn't me. Adding. Oh, and yes. Their tongue went purple as I grutted them with my Etonian tie. Please. Okay. Thank you for letting me go. The war can continue. Tune in next week. Happy drinking. Bye. Bye. I've lost you, James. Oh, you're frozen. Oh, you're frozen no. on not. a quite hilarious. Uh oh. I'm going to have to hang up. Costing at least four farthings. <laughs> uh, <laughs> did you do that on purpose? That that coming yes. back was very <laughs> <Yeah>. good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, brilliant, brilliant.